Welcome to episode 11 of All Queued Up, our internet streaming platform podcast. I am your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is my co-host, Josh Fisher. Hey, everybody. If you're new to the podcast, as I said earlier, this is an internet streaming platform review and discussion podcast. We watch shows on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube Red, what have you. As long as they're an exclusive to one of those platforms, that's the shows we choose. Um, we watch them in, our, in their entirety, from for episode one to the last episode, and then we discuss them. We're going to try something new with this episode. Uh, we, we're going to retroactively do it through the other episodes, uh, but we're going to give grades. Um, Josh, where could they see the retroactive grades? Oh, they could find those on our YouTube channel. Uh, I'll update those. But that is uh, All Queued Up Podcast on YouTube. Okay. Um, we'll have more links at the end of the episode, uh, but what we're going to do right now is we're going to get into the first show, uh, which is going to be The Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, just so you know, the other two shows are going to be Devilman Crybaby and Altered Carbon. Uh, the reason we threw Cloverfield Paradox in it from the last episode, like last episode we talked about just doing two shows, during the Super Bowl, they had, they, that's when they, like, they were like, hey, after the Super Bowl, this drops. Nobody knew about it until that time, and so... Josh and I just kind of agreed we're going to do three shows next episode. So, here we go. Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, Josh, do you want to go ahead and run the synopsis of the Cloverfield Paradox? Sure thing. Uh, Basically, in the near future, there is an energy crisis on Earth. The Cloverfield Station has a multinational crew that is supposed to test the Shepard Particle Accelerator. Uh, and the expectation that it will generate enough energy for the world's nations and solving the energy crisis. However, their experiment goes wrong. There are damages incurred to the station, and it opens a portal to another dimension with a parallel Earth. They also find a woman that has been entwined with wires and cables behind a bulkhead wall of the station, and they learn that she worked in an identical Cloverfield station in another dimension. And now their task is to find a way to return to their own dimension. And solve the energy crisis problem at the same time. Alright. Um, so as, as Josh had stated in the synopsis, uh, this the important thing to keep in mind here... Uh, if you've seen Cloverfield, which is the one with the giant monster, or 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is one with, the, with everyone in a bunker and it turns out it's aliens on the surface, spoiler alert, uh, this movie explains how all of that came to be. Um, not only did it open a portal or transport them to a different universe, it caused all universes to kind of simultaneously and in a specific way... Maybe not specific, maybe totally random, but merged together. Um, so as where the Earth, which had the Cloverfield monster, didn't have a Cloverfield monster until that event, um, it forced that monster to be on that Earth. Uh, the aliens, it forced those aliens to be on that Earth. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure that the next Cloverfield movie, which has been titled Overlord, which I'm sure it'll have a Cloverfield tie-in title, uh, which takes place during World War II, will have that same scenario. Reason being is early on in the film, you hear a, um, you hear a, 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 a interview news broadcast sort of thing, 
And this guy, who sounds like a conspiracy theorist, is talking about how the the machine that they're using, the Cloverfield machine, I, what was the title? What was the name of the ship? Oh, Just it was the Cloverfield? the Cloverfield Station, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, when they fire it, it'll cause all dimensions and times and space and time to just basically like become hodgepodge. And, and uh, I have to say, that wonderful cameo appearance was by one of my absolute favorite actors of all time, Donald Logue. I love him and everything he does. Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of that, uh, funny enough, that character um, is the brother of uh, John Goodman's character in Tom Cloverfield Lane. Really? Yep. I did not realize that. Uh, not only do they share the same last name, but in Ten Cloverfield Lane, uh, John Goodman talks about his brother briefly and just mentions him by first name. So oh. people put put that together. Yeah, that's All right, fascinating. Is that? like, yeah, like that's what I love about this 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 Cloverfield um, anthology of movies. Like, whatever happens in the next Cloverfield movie, we now know why because of ten, because of the Cloverfield paradox. Uh, so that with with that out of the way, with that nice little connection, with that rad little thing. Now let's talk about the movie as a whole. Let's talk about what like as as a plot driven film, is it good? I enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> oh, um, I absolutely had a great time watching it. It's super weird sci-fi, right? Like it's it's that weird ass sci-fi that you get on um like the sci-fi channel, but it's not totally like it, the acting's not bad. Um, it doesn't feel like it was written at, in a twelfth grade class, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some people argue that. Some people say that it does, but I don't agree. I mean, they they. Is it a perfect film? No. <laughs> no, no. It's not a perfect film, but it's a fun film. The acting yeah, was, like, was pretty it- solid. I felt. Yeah, I mean, there uh, the, was some... The characters were just really enjoyable, especially Mundy, uh, the maintenance uh, scientist. He was very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I would say the woman that... Um, she was trapped in the wall, that, that actress. Yeah, Jensen. She, Elizabeth yeah. Debicki was her actress. She, in my opinion, had the worst acting. Uh, yeah, um, she was very stiff. Very stiff, very cardboard like. Uh, up until was, the up until the end, I want to say. Yeah, I think that was by design though for the character. Um, uh, there were moments where she was supposed to emote more and she didn't. Like it just seemed like she was out of it, so kind of thing. Like, I mean, if if I'm wrong about that, it it just seemed stiff. Like it seemed yeah. like like she was supposed to emote more and she didn't. That kind of thing. So, um. But no, there were some really, really rad, like, bits that, like, when, um, uh, what was the guy's, what was the character, Monday, that's right, uh, the guy who had his arm cut off. Um, yeah. First off, that whole bit was awesome. Oh, like, absolutely love that. Like, the traveling in dimensions, like, because they didn't just travel to a new dimension, they were in multiple dimensions, like, regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, they didn't really, spe- like, they didn't really go too much into it, but what it would clearly was, was that everybody that was on that ship was from an alternate dimension. That it basically just pushed everything together in a weird way. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Like, like the captain, the guy, the 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 uh, Keel. Yeah, Keel. Like he 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 had suspicions about the German guy, whereas he previously didn't. Where did he get those suspicions? Well, clearly, he's not from the same dimension. Okay, you know what? I didn't actually pick up on that. Um, I honestly that was didn't. something. That I was d- something that I I gathered really early on because I was like, why is the ship deforming? Why are certain characters acting slightly different than they did at the very beginning? Um, there was just a lot of crazy things like that. Like I didn't think that the worms inside the Russian dude. Uh, I didn't think like they just moved there. What I, what I, my interpretation of what that was, was that, um, the worms from a different dimension and him were, were sharing the same space at the same time. Okay. Yeah. That would, that would make sense. So that's, that's, that's what I gather. But I, like, the movie doesn't, doesn't tell you this immediately. There's a lot of ambiguity. There really is, and I actually I want to go back and watch it again. I want to actually go back and watch all three of the Cloverfield movies now, but I really enjoyed this. I thought the production values were fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. The effects were really good, um, but the it boils down to, you know, the, uh, the psychological... Uh, aspects the the philosophical aspects that it raised the main character hamilton you know you find out she's up there because she wants to prevent tragedies she wants to prevent other people from suffering like she did apparently she had uh stolen energy with a power cell and it caught fire and it burned her house down and killed her and her husband's two kids Yet she finds out this uh, this mystery woman that appears on their ship, Jensen. Her and Jensen were friends, and in Jensen's dimension, Jensen was the was on the ship and not her. But she finds out, oh, my kids are still alive. She decides to stay behind when they figure out how to solve the problem and get the ship back, the station back. Yeah, because the that one guy, I think it was the captain, was like, "This is not your home." Yeah, they're not your family; they're hers. She's like, "No, those are my kids." And the whole right. psychological aspect is like, "I can have my family back." It's like, "Can you really? They're not your family." It was just interesting stuff to me, and I like yeah, that it raised yeah. those points. Yeah, like yeah, it, it's it's there's so much. There's so much like because because of the ambiguity, it it forces this really cool um, philosophical narrative that you and I both picked up, um, and and man, I, I just absolutely like, that was another thing was uh, the uh, the core of the ship, the thing that stopped them from being able to find the Earth, mm-hmm. um, and it turned out to be in the Russian guy. Yeah. What was really funny about that was I didn't like a lot of audiences. A lot of people that I've talked to were just like, "Oh, when they when they moved, um, it just it shared the same space." And I go, "Let me ask you this: How did the worms, the core, and that guy all share the same space at the same time? That doesn't make any sense. The worms and the core were in different locations. Mm-hmm. 
So how do they share the same space? They didn't. The Russian guy had the core in him already. Hmm. Because he's not from the dimension with that crew. The crew we saw in the very beginning of the film, like, Universe A is what we see. They move to Universe B, but the Russian guy is from Universe C, and Kiev is from Universe D. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I see yeah. that. Um, so that's, that's, that's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't got any confirmation if that's what they were intending to do. But also, that's how I want to interpret it, because I love alternate universe situations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, that that is an interesting thing, because if if it does occur like that, and these are from objects that have merged into one place, it's like you said, three things cannot occupy the same place in two spaces. It has to right. come from a third. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really, really dug it. I love, like I said, I love the sci fi bits. Like, I love how they kind of explained how the, how the Cloverfield station works. Mm hmm. And that it basically has a giant hydron collider on it. Yeah. And they basically, what happened was they collided a Higgs boson. And that's what caused the rip in the fabric of the dimensions. Yeah, because what's funny is that people don't know this, but every single Cloverfield movie, including this new one that they just made, don't start off as Cloverfield stories. They start off as weird sci-fi or horror type stories, and then and then Bad Robot comes in and goes, we're going to make it a Cloverfield thing. Yeah. Um, because if you remember, uh, Cloverfield was just called Monster when it was in production. Oh, okay. Um. And then, uh, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane was called Bunker, or The Bunker. Um, and then they added, they were like, uh, aliens. Um, this was called The God Particle, originally. Okay. And they, and, and unfortunately, and it kind of does feel that way a little bit, that all of the Cloverfield stuff was added kind of last minute. Um... Because if you take out the Cloverfield stuff of the movie, it still makes a good sci-fi movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, um, and I know that the new one, the World War II based one, is going to be, it's, it's the same scenario. Like, it was like, what if people from D-Day went and found Nazis that were doing supernatural stuff? Let's make a Cloverfield! Um, <laughs> so, like, and I imagine that every single Cloverfield movie is going to basically be the same thing. Which I'm totally okay with. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have a thing. problem with that at all. Uh, I know that, like, people do, um, and that's fine. Nobody has to say that they like this movie that much, but, um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I really dug it. I mean, did you, uh, did you like the little, uh, Clover Cloverfield monster cameo at the end? I did. I enjoyed that very much. And at first, uh, Misty and I were thinking, you know, we were watching it, um, that night, I think after the Super Bowl. When their capsule was crashing down at the end, I was like, yeah. holy shit. That's what streaks through the sky at the very end of the first Cloverfield movie. But then that monster pops up. I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> because that well, monster wasn't there yet. Well, what's what's funny about that is I 
when you watch a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff on Cloverfield, um, it's it's revealed that 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 thing that drops into the ocean is actually just the satellite from the station that like the group that remember the ARG thing the, that they had. Yeah, the uh, they did actually show on that one footage the podcast or podcast the broadcast of the footage when they were in that other dimension. They saw that that Cloverfield station had crashed down into the ocean, so it was right. that one. Uh, it might have been. Might have been. It might not have been. Yeah. Again, this is this is so like the 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 multi universe theory is that there are infinite universes. So yeah, what you have to glean off of this movie is that everything that happens on a specific Earth could be one of a of an, an infinite number. True. Like, so what we saw in the first Cloverfield movie is not necessarily directly connected to, uh, um, the events of the Cloverfield paradox or even Ten Cloverfield Lane, but the cause of what happens right. in the Cloverfield paradox is the reason for the events and the others. Correct. Correct. So what I think the point of showing the Cloverfield monster at the end of Cloverfield paradox was to just confirm that. Yeah. To like basically like this is this is we opened a gate to hell essentially. Um in a not direct sense. <laughs> uh Yeah, I don't know. There's just there's so much nuance in the film. Such little like little touches here and there that really flesh out what it what it's meant to be. So I, I highly I, like. I, we're gonna get into our scoring right now, or, or I'm sorry, our grading it, like we're teachers, and this is a uh, this is a project made to, made for us specifically. Um, again, this is a new thing for us guys, so if this is something you enjoy, let us know. Uh, but uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and grade the grade Cloverfield Paradox? I'll give it a solid B. Uh, it was entertaining. Uh, you know, it's not going to win any Academy Awards, but. It was 102 minutes of fun. It had some really cool uh, sequences that made you go, holy shit. And it kept me uh, on the edge of my seat the entire time, you know, wondering how this was all going to play out. I really enjoyed it. It was a good time. Solid B for me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a B minus, uh, which is not too far down from you. It's like a one point. Uh, but the reason I'm giving it a B minus is because the movie starts to get a little heavy onto itself towards the end, uh, when the, when the station starts to fall apart and they have to go down and fix it. And then like Monday dies and it explodes. Like all of that seemed a bit too like, well, we have to kind of move the story forward as fast as we can. It just, that's what it felt like. Uh, but they didn't do it in such a way that was totally out of place or totally weird. So, um, I don't knock it for, you know, that down that many points for for that alone. But um, uh, what I will say is that it it definitely captivated me. It kept me there, glued to my seat the entire time. Um, I was very very happy that this is a thing that we get now, and uh, I'm very excited for Overlord or whatever the hell it's going to be called because I'm sure it'll have a like I said a Cloverfield tie-in title. Uh, but yeah, good sci-fi, fun story, great connective tissue to the Cloverfield anthology series, um, and I give it a B minus. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, 
So uh, we're going to keep in mind that for our grading system, we want to write everything down and keep kind of a tally. Um, so that way you guys can see where your two um, weird, weird teachers grade uh, Netflix shows. Um, boy, that sounded though, like as absolutely as weird as I intended it to. <laughs> well. Anyway, <laughs> so our next show is going to be uh, Devilman Crybaby. So Josh, why don't you go ahead and run down this this show? This was a crazy one. Uh, basically, demons have invaded humanity after being frozen for millions of years. Akira, a timid boy, is tasked by his friend Ryo to merge with one of these demons in order to be able to fight back against them for the sake of humanity. That's, yeah, that is succinct enough uh, for at least the first two episodes. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this show, uh, I had no exposure to Devilman at all. And I did not realize, but Devilman has been around since the early 70s in Japan as a manga series and a actual TV series. Um, actually, I think the actual manga was released in 68 uh, and became um, an animated series in Japan in 72. And they actually have flashes and references to the Devilman TV series in this Devilman Crybaby series. And at the yeah. core, it follows the same general storyline for Devilman Crybaby in this, uh, with just certain things being altered to make them more modern. But I felt that this did not tell as cohesive a story as it could have. It felt very disjointed at times. Absolutely. Um, that was actually something that really bothered me about it was there were legit moments where I was like, wait, what the hell? Where are we now? What What is happening? Uh, but there were some episodes where everything moved in a generic forward plot. Mm -hmm. um, to me, personally... If you're going to tell a story that's disjointed, make it disjointed, like uh, like a a um, a uh, like Pulp Fiction, you know. Um, that entire story is disjointed, you know, not told in a in a direct format. It's told to you in pieces and parts. It at no point does does Pulp Fiction tell the uh, t like do the story in a straightforward fashion. Not one time. This show just doesn't know if it wants to or not. Yeah. And it was really hard for me to get into this show. I Honestly, I was... Uh, I had a very hard time staying with it. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I appreciate what it is trying to do. There are concepts in it that I really enjoyed. But the overall execution left me wanting a lot. The idea of the show where demons can inhabit human bodies and basically the human doesn't really know if they're a demon or not. Um, and the way that like the animators decided to depict that for the audience, like basically just eyeliner. Um, 
I thought that was a neat, neat idea. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. What I didn't enjoy was that some of this stuff just seemed to go nowhere. Yeah, yeah. This um, is true. One warning that Josh and I should give about this show is that it is ultra-violent and ultra-sexual. Extremely. Um, overly so, I think. Um, like, yeah, there are just... There are animated shots in the background, sometimes directly on camera, of sex acts. Blowjobs, uh, humping... Uh, straight up porn. <laughs> straight straight up, yeah, straight up, like, animated porn. Um... And uh, the violence, like I said, is very visceral, very, very gory. Um, and I get why. I get why all of that's there. Apparently, Devil Man's always been like this, which I didn't know. Yeah. Um, it's always pushed that boundary. Uh, but what what I wasn't expecting was how violent it is. But I get why. Like, it should be clear that it, this is the, Josh and I don't have a distaste for the show because we don't get it. We totally get it. The, the One of the big themes of the show is that humans are gross and they're violent and they love sex. That's just how they are. Um, so the show is going to represent humanity in a very grotesque manner. Totally get that. Totally understand that and I'm 100% behind it. Doesn't mean I have to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I felt that this could have been a lot better show. They didn't have to depict as much of the sexual situations as they did in the manners that they did. Um, I don't have a problem with it if it serves the story. Um, but just showing it over and over and over and over, not serving the story at all, uh, you know, once it's established, it doesn't need to be reestablished and reestablished okay we get it demons have sexual lusts okay do you have to keep showing me that every single episode do i have to see uh demonic uh shark boobs fly off of a demon Uh, you know and all these demons take different forms uh yeah it's 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 rough it's it's rough if you're not expecting it primarily and josh and i Absolutely, we're not expecting it. Um, Anthony, the guy who runs Mission Star Podcast, the guy who gave us our start. Um, first and foremost, fuck you. Secondly, uh, you're getting <laughs> a, you're going to receive a package in the mail. Um, I want you to open it on stream on Mission Start one Sunday night, like right right over your keyboard yep. if you can. Yeah. Um, is this a bad anime? Oh, that is conjecture at best. Like, that is subjective at best. I'm uh, going to subjectively say yes. Objectively, <laughs> objectively, I've, you know, based on anime that I've seen, and I've not seen a lot of anime, There, and I know there's really, really solid, strong anime. I know there's really good oh, anime, yeah, average anime, that. and I know there's bad anime. I'm going to put this in bad. I did not care for it i hated the animation to aeon flux still to this day i can't stand it um if you're a fan of aeon flux you're gonna love the animation in this because it is borderline identical yeah it's like i was mentioning before 
uh, before we started recording, I felt that the a lot of the animation sequences, especially when it involved the demons, looked like mid-1990s white zombie videos. It looked like Rob Zombie yeah. did all the animation. And I just never yeah. cared for that animation style. But the animation style is not the main reason why I was turned off by this. I was turned off by this because it did not tell a cohesive uh, story. It was very jumpy. Uh, I learned more in reading about the history of the influence of this show than I did watching the actual show. The show shouldn't... If a show is based upon a property, I don't feel that it should leave you confused, wondering, okay, why was this done this way? And I just, uh, I felt that it could have been, it it could have done a lot more with the 10 episodes it was given than it did had they left certain things out and focused on a more cohesive uh, well, like- story. There's there's a there's a breaking point in the story where um, uh, essentially Rio forces everyone on Earth to know about demons, mm-hmm. um, and that any but any human could be a demon. You don't know who you're who's going to be a demon. That to me was a very interesting plot point. I loved that. I thought that was really really good, mainly because it it changed the dynamic of the show. It started off seeming like oh Rio and. Uh, Kira just gonna go around and and destroy demons. Cool. And then it takes a total shift, a total turn. And there's this really, really depressing, sad moment that I loved in terms of storytelling, where this kid who adores Akira, it turns out he's been possessed by a demon. Yeah. And his mom finds out, and they go and they go to try to hide. And then the dad of the of the boy goes to find the mom, and when he finds them, it turns out the boy has transformed and has eaten the mom. And then the dad trying to stop these soldiers from killing his son, he ends up dying, and all of them die. It's the saddest shit ever, and I I loved it for like how depressing it was. It was very depressing, um, and we're just going to flat out tell you, nobody survives. No yeah, like, one. Which is a... I don't... I want to like that. I want to enjoy that. But I don't like it because it makes everything that happened meaningless. Absolutely. Um, and the, it, the the major twist is you find out that Rio is a demon himself. But Rio is the biblical Satan. He is... The fallen angel. He is the fallen angel Satan. And he has been uh, amnesiac he did not know that he was satan and when he realizes he was you know he wants to wipe out humanity uh for taking over his world he wants his world back and they don't say it in the show but that whole final war between akira and the uh the devil men versus the demons and humanity caught in between that whole apocalyptic war takes about 20 years. And in the end, you you only see Rio and Akira lying there talking throughout the final episode. And then you realize uh, Akira's dead. You know, he's and it's just Rio's yeah. been laying there talking to him, to his dead body and he realizes oh no. Which is bittersweet, and I think that that's a really a really uh, uh, poignant end to the story. But, like, 
it's the next part where basically God destroys the earth. Yeah. That for me, I was just kind of like, uh, all right, well. <laughs> you know, you could have just um, left it as, okay, I finally learned how to love. I've learned emotions, and now I'm going to spend it alone eternally. What have I done? Live with the consequences of your actions. But no, it's like, okay, now you're going to be punished. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's yeah. Just, it, it, it was, it was very. Uh, it, what we're gonna do? We're gonna move on to rating or grading. Sorry, I gotta get used to that. We're gonna move on to grading. Um, I will go first, and then I'll let you grade, Josh. Since okay. You did the first show. Um, I'm gonna give this a C minus. Now, it may not seem like that's a low grade, but that's right above a D. C minus is passing. Um, and I think that this does deserve a pass just on the fact that it does push boundaries, which I'm totally for. I'm totally for the, the ultra violence. I'm totally for, uh, pushing people's sensitivities and, and, and that's great. Um, I think that that's very important and it was, and there was a lot of time, pardon me. There was a lot of times where it was very important to the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially the ultra violence. The ultra violence was nine times out of 10 important to the storytelling. However, I think that the way that the story is told, as disjointed as it is, but also not disjointed at certain times, um, really bothered me. Um, I felt like there was a lot of opportunity wasted for some really neat moments that didn't go anywhere. And, um, and I felt like the ending was very... Uh, the ending to me was basically like losing and, and, and Price is Right. So... <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it gets such a low grade for me. Um, I think that the animation was a big turnoff for me. I don't think that'll be everyone's case. This is very that is a very personal opinion uh, because I just don't like that style of animation. But um, but yeah, if you do that, I mean, I'm sure you'll enjoy the hell out of it, and I won't bother you. But I just could stand it. So so yeah, C minus for me. Well, it's better than I'm going to give it. I'll give it a D minus. Um. Uh, there was only... A, it's right above a fail. It's, it's just barely, barely a pass. It almost failed on me. The only redeeming thing is in episode 9, when um, Akira is trying to prevent innocent humans from being beaten and slaughtered by other humans because of their distrust. And he is standing, offering his body up to be destroyed... Uh, in exchange for these innocents. At the same time, while his best friend, who he loves, Miki, is giving her speech. And these kids decide, you know what? He needs a hug. And they just go and, you know, these kids, the, the kids are the first ones to say, hey, it's okay. This guy's okay. And then it causes all the other people to examine their actions. That part was good. I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the music. That's the only two things that keep this show from getting an F for me. Uh, that and the overall concept. I thought the overall concept was really cool, but I just thought the execution and the storytelling were piss poor. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, there you go. D minus. So all right, so uh, a C minus and a D minus. Um, 
By the way, guys, just so you know the scoring system, um, it, it, it's A plus is a perfect, and like I said, F is a bad. If you if a D minus comes out, that's basically like one point below an absolute failure. So um, there is no F minus or F plus. There's just F. Uh, so moving on to the last third and last show of this podcast. Um, uh, Altered Carbon. Almost forgot the title of it. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Josh, go ahead and run down the plot synopsis for Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon is set on a future where consciousness is digitized and stored in cortical stacks implanted in the spine, allowing humans to survive physical death by having their memories and consciousness re-sleeved into new bodies. The story follows specially trained envoy soldier Takeshi Kovach, who is downloaded from an off-world prison and into the body of a disgraced cop at the behest of Lawrence Bancroft, a highly influential aristocrat called a meth. Bancroft was killed, and the last automatic backup of his stack was made hours before his death, leaving him with no memory of who killed him and why. While police ruled it a suicide, Bancroft is convinced he was murdered and employs Kovach to find out the truth. Oh boy, this show was a trip. I didn't know much about it. I chose this show because I had seen a trailer for it a while ago. And I was like, oh cool, a Blade Runner-esque type show. Um, not only is that, was that not accurate, um, but uh, it, it had so much more in terms of, of um, uh, storytelling and... Um, I want to say that it had more in terms of like what Blade Runner did have, which the philosophical angles, which it did. Not to say that it didn't, but it didn't. It wasn't as as prevalent or as strong as Blade Runner. Like in Blade Runner, you're like, oh well, what makes a human? Is it is it the soul or is it the personality? Like, can can a replicant have a soul? Uh, in this one, it's not, that's not, that's not on the forefront. At least for me, it didn't seem like it was on the forefront. Um, so, uh, was that, was that, was that definitely like a thing for you right off the bat, Josh, or did that not become a thing? Uh, okay, I'm going to lose some credibility here. I've never seen Blade Runner. Well, okay, regardless that you haven't seen Blade Runner, (laughs) Did did you feel like this show had very like super strong or just light philosophical elements? I thought it had some very strong philosophical elements. Very strong. Okay. Um the whole we all well as long as your cortical stack is not damaged, you can essentially live forever. Well, isn't that more of an existential than a philosophical? Well, the philosophical comes into play is, would you want to, or would it be moral, and the why? Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. You're you're not wrong on that. Because my, my thing about the existential one is that, like, um, like is it right? Is it is it right to, uh, to do this? Is it is it is it ethically? correct to do this which to me was more it wasn't as um it wasn't as philosophical as it was existential yeah and and i say that to the extent that 
there's a lot of religious tones in the show too. Mm-hmm. A lot like there's a whole group of people that are like the dead should die, like it should that should be it. The, and they uh, were they like, were actually the the neo Catholics. Yeah, and that to me was the existential stuff, not the philosophical stuff. Yeah, but you're not but, wrong. The philosophical stuff was the like, do we deserve to be immortal? You know, that would like the whole point of the. Uh, um, Oh my god, the group that, that Kovach was a part of before getting sleeved. Ah, uh, shit. Oh yeah, the Envoys. The Envoys, thank you. Um, yeah, their whole thing was the philosophical angle. But... Man, this show. There was a lot. It's ten episodes. And... I never knew, because I like to go in and see things blind if possible... Uh, I didn't know that this was based on a a novel, and it's a yeah, series of novels, that. but this Altered Carbon series was based on the first book, Altered Carbon. Upon finishing this show, I immediately looked this up to see if there would be a second season, found that out, and I immediately ordered the first novel off of Amazon, so... <laughs> That's I love I love that you were just like, I'm gonna spend more money on this guy. This world, this universe was Yo, Josh, so straight up fascinating. Before you finish any other thoughts, I wanna commend this show for doing something that I personally adore. And that's we don't go into the first episode and it's just like in the year twenty one eighty two they discovered how to do this. And then by this time, this and this, and now we're living in a distillery. They thrust you into this world. Yeah, they give you no exposition. It's just, boom, here you are in your face. (laughs) And then, and then, and then the story world builds and like, and it world builds so well that by the end of the season, you're just like, I know everything there is about this future. (laughs) It's beautifully shot. It is, it, it manages to be. Bright and shiny and glitzy and glamorous and at the same time equally as grimy and scummy and gritty and filthy. Oh yeah, and absolutely. It's masterfully done. Very both cyberpunk slash sci-fi slash noir. That was the part for me that I thought was so awesome was the noir element. Or no, noir, 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 however you pronounce it. I love, I love that storytelling. Like, I argue with people all the time that, um, for me, uh, when it comes to, like, people talk about Halo, I always say that um, uh, Halo ODST is my favorite Halo game. And uh, I don't know if you know much about Halo, Josh, but it actually, it's it's a side story that takes place between, uh, like, right in the middle of Halo 2, leading up kind of to Halo 3. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, on Earth and in Halo 2, around, like, the third mission of the game, this giant alien ship, uh, hyperspeed jumps on Earth. And uh, because they did that, it caused some problems as some ODST troops were drop-shotting, or drop, sorry, yeah, shock-dropping onto Earth to help. ODSTs are the equivalent to, like, the Green Berets, if you will. Okay. And when they land, because the ship jumped at that time, it caused all of their pods to go awry, awry and they all crash-landed at different locations. Uh. So the majority of the game is you play a rookie trying to figure out where your squad is by finding pieces and parts of, like, 
their pods, their armor, or things like that, and then you get to travel back in time and play a mission as that character, as the person you're trying to find, and you're piecing the story together as you go. Okay. So basically like a sci-fi noir, and I adore that. That's my favorite Halo game because of how that story is told. This, This show... Is is basically that. <laughs> it's 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 piecing together this great narrative, this great mystery, and every episode like puts a little a new thing there and a new thing here, and you're just like every every time an episode ends, you're like, I'm gonna watch another one. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> I have to know what happens. That was my problem, um, you know, because I have been very busy in the personal life for the past two weeks. And I didn't start watching this until Monday afternoon. You know, it's it's Wednesday. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. Um, but this is <laughs> going to be uploaded on Friday the 16th. But I didn't start watching this till Monday afternoon, the 12th. And I watched the first episode around 5.30 p.m. And I was like, oh, wow, that was fantastic. Well, let's just say after I did a few things, making dinner and a few things around the house, I was up until 3 a.m. watching the first five episodes. Um, so yesterday morning I got up and it was about 9 a.m. I was like, all right, let's get this show finished. 9 or 10 a.m. I started and I watched and finished, you know, so I watched all 10 episodes in about a 24-hour time period, but I didn't sleep much. <laughs> but, <laughs> man, this show was good. This show is so good. The yeah. the characters, the casting, all the, 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 and here's the thing. The main character, uh, Takeshi Kovach, he is primarily portrayed by Joel Kinnaman. Uh, the only other two things I've ever seen him in was Suicide Squad when he played Rick Flagg, and he played RoboCop slash Alex Murphy in the RoboCop remake from a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's where I recognize him. I didn't look up his IMDb, so I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, he did a wonderful job, uh, playing, uh, Kovach, I felt. Um. Absolutely. He was very, uh... Deadpan and witty, and uh, a little bit of sarcasm sprinkled in there. But as an envoy, he he was uh, trained to assess his surroundings, uh, the way he went about things, and the way he looked into things, his intuition. It really came into play in about how he's going about solving this mystery. And the, the yeah. whole fact yeah. that, oh, wow, this uh, murder mystery isn't the only thing going on and how it's interconnected with everything else. Uh, oh. Yeah, I wanna, you, you mentioned earlier something that I want to commend every, almost every actor, almost every actor, because not every actor had to do it, but uh, because of the way that the, sleeve, the sleeves and the stacks work, um, oh God! There are uh, there are a plethora of actors in this that have to play different roles, essentially, and using different and accents. My favorite one, my favorite one, was the dude who had uh, neo Nazi tattoos all over him. Yes, um, and he had to play, he had to play uh, a grandmother 
who um, uh, a Latino she, grandmother, uh, the Latino grandmother who only comes around once a year for Day of the Dead and uh, maybe maybe Christmas. I don't know. Um, point I'm getting at is that she like she gets sleeved for that short period of time with whatever's available, especially in the police department. And um, and then later, like that same actor had to play a Russian guy. Yeah. Like, I was I was so so impressed by his ability. Like flawless. It was. Or 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 the guy the guy that had to play the mom for like the majority of the movie or show. Sorry. Uh, uh, the girl's mom that was trapped like trapped in her own uh, stack. Oh yeah, uh, you. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on names too. <laughs> Wait, no, no, you cut out. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, the Discord audacity caught me. Um, so that's gonna sound weird on your guys' end. Um, no, the the girl that was uh, trapped in her own stack and her dad was working with Kovach the entire time. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, uh, Lizzie. Yeah, her Lizzie. mom. Her mother was yeah. Ava. Ava. So, so the guy who had to play Ava, because her body was like she, they didn't have access to her actual sleeve. Um, he he played he had it to very play effeminately. Feminine. Yeah, yeah, but not too effeminate. Like, not like your classic straight guy trying to play a gay guy, but uh, not your not your Jack from uh, um, uh, Will and Grace, but more in the line of like. It was a female. Like you could, you clearly tell that he was playing. He had to play a mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is so good, so good." Yeah. Like that's what I. Oh my god! And it was like, any time an actor had to change roles, like the 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 detective. Uh, what's her name? Um, Ortega. Ortega. Thank you. Um, that actress. There was a moment in it where she. Her body gets... I don't know if it was a... If it was a... Uh, copy. Or if it was her actual sleeve. But um, the villain... Villainess, if you will, of the entire series... Was inside that sleeve trying to get to Kovac. Oh, it was at her actual and body. Um. So not only did, did, did the woman have to play Ortega... But she had to play Ortega... But pretend... Like it was like... It was it was Kovac's sister pretending to be Ortega and then switch immediately into it, so the accent shifted almost immediately, and it was in the same scene. I was just like, give her an award. <laughs> so I just command any actor that was in this show that had to play multiple roles because of this, the way that the sci-fi works in this. Like, it was it was well done. Oh, so, so good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, is there anything else that stood out to you in the show, Josh, that we already haven't addressed? Oh, digital torture. Virtual oh, reality torture. Forgot that about was that. amazing. Yeah, that was incredible. I mean, just the idea <laughs> that if you're captured and your consciousness is uploaded to VR and you are tortured until you're killed. And then re-uploaded, tortured until you're killed, re-uploaded, tortured until you're killed. Your mind is aware of every single instance this occurs. Your body feels that physical pain. Yep. But 
your body doesn't take the physical damage, but it feels that pain. It is disturbing and fascinating at the same time. Yeah, because what's crazy is that if you feel actual pain in, in, in our reality right now, um, and then immediately there's like there's a very quick uh, uh, release of that pain, you feel amazing. And watching this, I kept thinking, like, there's got to be people in this world that'll upload their consciousness to a VR, feel pain in there, go immediately into the real world and feel no pain, but immediately have that rush of, like, dopamine and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to imagine that's a real thing because of what we saw with the torture. Um, I, yeah. There's just, that's what's so fascinating to me about this world, like, you know, speaking of what you know, what we were just doing is that like they don't explicitly say half of this stuff exists. You just know it does because of the way the world is, like the way that they've built it. I, it I, was a, an extraordinarily crafted. Yeah, you'll have to let me know when you read the book if there's uh, more information about the way the world works. Oh, I absolutely will because if this if I enjoy the first book. I'm immediately going to go by the second and the third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say that uh, there, there's... Oh, man. I, uh, I mean, sometimes, and not often, the book is better than the, than the, than the adaptation. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to read the book, too. I don't know when I'll be able to, but, uh, but yeah, I was very, very happy with... Uh, with how things were done in the show. I have this thing with when it comes to stories that if you have a world that you've built, um, that, uh, sorry, if you have a world that you've built, you have to, um, where, what was I going to say? If there's a, if you've built, wow, I am really sorry, audience. <laughs> Let's take, Let's, let's give an example to kind of get what I'm getting at. In, in Hunger Games, they don't tell you about the world. They don't tell you about how things got to the way they are. They just are. This, show, this story does the same thing. And it never takes its time to tell you about the history of the world. It just is the way that it is. There's off-handed lines of, oh, it was aliens that helped us make, like alien technology that helped us make the stacks. Okay, yeah. that's all we need to know. We don't need to know more. We could, but we, it's not important to the story. The story is about Kovach, and the story is about his journey in this particular time. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they didn't cater to those people who were like, well, I want to know more, was so good to me. Like, that's what I enjoyed the most. So that's what I was trying to convey, yeah. but it wasn't coming out right, so I'm, I apologize. Um, it's okay. We got there. <laughs> and, what uh, you know, a lot of times... I am the kind of person who I want to know more. But in this, would you like to know more? I'm content. <laughs> Starship Troopers reference. <laughs> uh, I am content in not knowing as long as I can just spend more time in this world. I don't have to know how it got that way. I just want more of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, Which, this is the first time I've ever watched a movie or a series and immediately wanted to buy what it was based off of. So, 
big thumbs up to yeah, that. Kudos, kudos to that. Uh, real quick before we move on to uh, grading it, uh, there's a small Game of Thrones Easter egg in it. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, so you haven't watched Game of Thrones, have you? Never. Okay. Never seen an episode of Game of Thrones or read any of the books. First off, Josh, you'd love it. Uh, because this show... I know I would. <laughs> uh, the, the way the show is filmed and directed, it takes major inspiration from Game of Thrones. Uh, mm-hmm. To the extent that uh, one of the churches in a shot, uh, you see the stained glass window, and it has this seven-pointed star at the top of the stained glass that is the exact same design as the seven-pointed church in Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. So, thought that was a little funny, Strig. Um But yeah. Speaking uh, of, I just, one more thing. Poe, love him. Oh, yeah, yeah. That guy was amazing. It was it was a very, very sad moment when I hoped that he wasn't actually dead. <laughs> but yeah, he when he bit the dust, I was no pun intended. Um, yeah, I was upset about that. <laughs> Which it's it's, well, it's hard to get. Like here's the thing: it's hard for for to get me to be upset about characters because I look at them in such a different way than most people. I don't get that attached anymore, just because I know what happens when you get attached. I, I read a lot of Walking Dead comics. Like, I know what happens when you get attached to characters. Well, congratulations, Altered, altered Carbon, because guess what you did to me? You, ju- <laughs> you big old jerks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's just another aspect of what makes this show so good. Yeah, I 100% agree. So, um, all right, we're going to move on to grading. Um... So I'm gonna go first on this, Josh, just because I know that you probably have a higher rate or higher grade than I do. Possibly. Um, so I'm going to give this show a solid A, not an A plus, but a solid A, because there are elements to the show that I did not like. Um, it, it seemed unnecessary to me to prolong certain scenes that have to do with sex. That just seemed like it was trying to cater to, like, the audience that's like, oh, oh, boobs, oh, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this seems, un- this seems too much. Um, so because of that, I just, that, that, that turned me off a little bit, and I kind of saw what they were doing, but the rest of the show was outstanding. Uh, the music, the acting, the, the, the cinematography, the visuals, the... The way the world building was throughout the story, like everything was stellar. It was a, it was outstanding. And unfortunately, the show is, you know, took a little bit of a of a backseat to, um, you know, Cloverfield Paradox coming out because that that every, everything blew up over that, and they came out around the same time. So I really really hope that there's enough people to listen to this podcast to check out Altered Carbon because it needs a second season. It needs more content. Um, I, I could not get enough of what this show was trying to show me and trying to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, I give it a solid A. I also give it a solid A. Oh, wow. Um, I thought you were going to give it an well, A+. Plus. Well, you know, it's got to be perfect for an A+. Plus. All right, fair enough, fair enough. And, and out of everything we've watched... I don't know if anything would get an A+. Plus. I'd have to go back. But this is... We're going to say, you know, if this were an A, and an A is typically a 93 to a 99, this is solid 95. <laughs> you know, it's a good, strong A. 
uh, the acting is phenomenal, especially when a character, when a character has to dip into different accent, you know, when uh, they they just do so well when they have to do completely different body languages because they're a different character even in the in the same body. So well done. The music absolutely well done, and the use of songs that they actually use the covers of some of the songs. I know they covered uh, Marilyn Manson at oh, the end of yeah. one episode. I forgot about uh, that. The visual stylings of this show. No joke, Josh. If you like the visual stylings of this show and you like the philosophical angles of this show, watch. go back and watch Blade Runner, honestly. Oh, I own the director's cut on Blu-ray. What, what I just have doing? not made time. I'm not living my life properly, apparently. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you, this this is of 2018. The things we've watched, it's it's Valentine's Day. It's early. It's hard to say. Oh, this is the best thing I've watched all year, considering there's only six weeks into the year. But yeah. In these first six weeks, this is the best thing I've watched all I year. I 100% agree with that. Like, I, It I, is yeah. absolutely wonderful. I'm going to watch it again because, fortunately, Misty has only seen one episode, and I get to rewatch Ooh. the whole series again. I might actually get to watch it with my folks, so I'm excited about that, too. And, and I want to go back and watch it and see what I missed on in the early See if there's little details I've missed out on early on that would be more apparent to see if things are more obvious or if they're still subtly there. Uh, but yeah, it is a fascinating show. It is a rough show. There are extreme amounts of violence and there are extreme amounts of violence against women. There are acts of sexual aggression and borderline rape against women there are but arguably arguably unlike unlike devil man crybaby where it just seemed out of place and unnecessary this all makes sense and this it was in place and necessary because this is part of how the world is uh this is a violent rough world um and as a result it's like oh real death is not a very common thing so the aggression is higher. The level of violence is higher because of this thing. Uh, I think that comes into play. So these things are absolutely necessary to depict, and they can be uh, a turnoff for some people. So keep that in mind. This is a rough watch in, in places, but it's absolutely a wonderful journey, and I highly recommend it. Uh, very, very much. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, if, if it gets like a solid. If anything, if any show that we give gets an A, you should check it out, hundred um, percent. Not a, not a, not a, like a hey, check it out in your own leisure. No, watch the show. <laughs> yeah, clear um, clear. Take a rainy day. Take a sick day. Whatever you're doing, take a day or a couple of evenings. Whatever. This definitely is an amazing show to watch. It only takes twelve hours to get through. It's no big deal. Um. All right, so not even. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna call the episode there. Um, that I've been looking forward to recording this all week, uh, just because the show the show's amazing. 
Um, Devilman Crybaby was not, and I really wanted to talk Josh about both, so there's that. Um, so with that being said, guys, uh, next episode we are going to cover a show that Josh pointed out that I still haven't seen the trailer to called Everything Sucks, which I think is a comedy, right? Uh, yeah, it appears to be a comedy set in the mid-90s. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, and the other one we're going to do is uh, something interesting, but it's a it's an Amazon original, Amazon Prime original, uh, The Tick. Um, I'm a big fan of the cartoon, a uh, big fan of the Patrick Warburton live-action version, and I've read quite a few of the comics, and I love The Tick. Like, adore The Tick. Um, have not seen or watched or read anything that I didn't enjoy of The Tick, so there's that. Um, I have watched the first six episodes. Uh, this uh, They're going to be adding in the, um, the uh, last six here very soon. And uh, I think that... Uh, um, I think it's time that we uh, review the show, because they're going to be adding them here soon, before we record the next episode. Um, awesome. So that being said, guys, uh, thank you again for, for listening. We really, really appreciate your continued support. Um, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or if you have questions, or if you su- wanted to suggest the show, you should contact our one of our social medias, which Josh will run down for you right now. Um, also, email and Discord. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at Queued Up Podcast. You can tweet to us there. Uh, when it comes to email, we are all queued up podcast at gmail.com. We have a WordPress site, which is all queued up podcast.wordpress.com. And you can find us in audio versions on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes and Google Play. And we have a YouTube channel where I upload all of our audio versions with image slideshows to our YouTube channel, which is all queued up podcast on YouTube. And we have a Facebook page where you can follow us along for news, uh, which is all queued up podcast on Facebook. We are going to create a discussion group on Facebook so you guys can join in and talk to us and have discussions with us about our thoughts, your thoughts, what you agree with, didn't disagree with, and hopefully that will be live the next recording so we can announce that to you then. All right, there you go. That's uh, awesome. Uh, That's everything, guys. Um, Josh literally ran down everything. Uh, Josh, <laughs> since, since you're on a roll, um, get off that roll. You put butter on a roll, not your butt. Um, okay. Uh, but also, uh, let them know where they can Hot find Hot buttered you. ass. Let them know where they can find you. <laughs> oh, they can find me on Twitter, at nsabanur1976. That is E-N-S-A-B-A-H-N-U-R-1976. And also on uh, Twitch, I do the occasional Twitch stream. Not very much lately, but, you know, might be getting back into that a little bit more soon. uh, Where I'll be doing random miniature painting, model building, or video game streaming at twitch.tv slash nsabanur76. Same spelling. And that's me. Where can they find you, Greg? You can find me on Twitter at ChubRockGeek. That's primarily where I post most of my stuff. Um, I also have a Facebook and an Instagram under the same name, but mm, don't really use those. Uh, but feel free to follow those if you want to as well. 
Um, I also do two shows on the Mission Start Podcast Twitch channel. Uh, that is um, uh, twitch.tv slash missionstartp. Uh, the first show is a Sunday night video game news podcast where Anthony and I run down all the news that happened during the week on, um, or just about video games. Sorry, I was like, what, what do we do? I don't remember. Um, but uh, that one's a lot of fun just because we do have a, a, a pre-show and a post-show where we just kind of shoot the shit with everybody. And it's fun. Um, but definitely come check that out because we do interact with the chat as much as possible, even during the podcast. Um... And the other show that I do is Thursday nights, uh, also with Anthony, where uh, Anthony basically runs through his Steam catalog of games that he's bought over the years and still hasn't played. And then I, I'm on the other end just making fun of Anthony playing a game poorly. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, like I said, I interact with the chat as well there, so definitely come by. We can, we can discuss things. We can talk about whatever you want, just because it is a stream. Um, but if, if watching any of those is not your cup of tea... Definitely check out the Mission Start Podcast YouTube account uh, because you're going to get uh, highlights and bits of everything. Uh, Anthony's been uh, slicing up parts of the podcast and just putting up like the 10-minute discussion parts instead of like the whole podcast. Um, and the um, and as for the as for the uh, uh, the Thursday show, um, he's putting up 10-minute uh, highlights. So. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy doing those with him. Uh, but yeah, that's about it, guys. Um, again, next week, we're going to be... Or not next week, I'm sorry. I do that every every episode. I do that every episode. Next episode, which will come out on... Let me pull up a calendar because I don't have the one. The 23rd. Oh, thank you. No, Ooh. no, I'm sorry. No, the 3rd. The 2nd. Oh, the 2nd, sorry. Second. Yeah, April you're right. the second, my bad. Oh, March before 2nd. we March second, I did. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> well, I was going to say I also left out our Instagram account. We have an Instagram account for the show now. All queued up podcast on Instagram. Follow us there. And the next episode will be March second. My apologies for screwing up the date. <laughs> We're going to take a whole month off, guys. No, no, uh, uh, no joking. Um, March second, next episode, and that'll be everything sucks and the tick. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Basically, I'm I'm, I'm really happy we're doing those two shows too because uh, they're comedies and they don't have such heavy themes like like everything has been for the past like eight episodes. So well, you I'm know, happy to throw comedy. Use a that. little. We could use a little lightheartedness every now and now. I'm 100 percent for levity, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, that's gonna be it. Um, again, thank you for your support, uh, and uh, we will see you next time. Take care, everybody.